Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 157 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. And as I said earlier, I'm glad that anybody's able to listen right now, as I'm still battling the issues that I have had with Facebook. We're now almost two weeks into this, and I have no idea what went wrong. I have no idea what I need to do to correct it. I've not been able to get any kind of feedback from it at all, so... If you are somebody who typically would be following my uh, podcast over on Facebook, I do encourage you to head over to my website, yankonthefooty.com, and get on the subscription list there. Go ahead and subscribe to the show there. Some new episodes come out to you there because I don't know when or if I'm going to be getting that page back, and I may have to start from scratch. Now, before I dive into the episode, I did want to take a moment and wish Jim White all the best. I had Jim on the podcast a while back, and uh, he is a... West Coast supporter from here in the state of Georgia, and he's a mad, mad Eagles fan. And uh, Jim is having some some health issues right now that he is uh, battling through. And Jim, get well, be well. And I know all Eagles supporters, in fact, all supporters uh, of every club are pulling for you, man. Get healthy. Looking forward to talking to you here real soon, okay? Now, folks, the big news before we go into review round four was, of course, last evening the... Uh, in my case, the announcement that Gil McLaughlin is stepping away from the AFL at the end of the year. And if you have not checked out my Instagram page or my Twitter account, I did officially throw my name into the hat as uh, a candidate for the position. Of course, I'm completely unqualified for it, and uh, I don't want to have to have my dogs in quarantine for six months in order to, uh, to take the position. But uh, I thought I had a pretty good platform on that. So if you've not checked out that video clip, it is available to you. And I, uh, I hope you'll consider supporting me for this uh, job that I'm not going to be getting. But it's going to be interesting to see where this goes in the, uh, in the immediate future. You know, a lot of names, uh, a lot of people have been tossing around the name Brennan Gale. Probably a really good choice to take over this position. And, uh, you know, we shall see what goes on there. Now, speaking of Brennan Gale, you know, we uh, had one of the players from his club, uh, Shy Bolton, who had arguably the goal of the round. You know, it was a terrific kick. I would argue that Jade Gresham's uh, kick from the Saints against the Hawks was darn near as good, if not better. Certainly a debatable issue there. So, but it was just, it was, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal effort on both, both of their parts there. Now, the, the one key moment that really stuck out to me this weekend that I really enjoyed was Levi Casbolt uh, when he kicked a goal for Gold Coast against his former side, Carlton, where he kind of clutched at that big GC in the middle of his chest on his jumper, kind of letting people know whether it be, well, I'm certainly not the players on the ground because they didn't have any say-so in terms of whether or not he stayed with the Blues or not. But he kind of let management know, and he let the fans know, I've still got something left in the tank. So it was kind of kind of neat to see that. So I was kind of happy that that uh, that that had happened for him, giving him that ability to do that. Now we've had some some key health scares and injuries this week as well. Of course, you know Ollie Wines uh, left the Port game, and uh, we don't know what his um, 
prognosis is, but it sounds like he's going to be missing for a few weeks while he deals with some, some health issues. I hope that he gets well soon. I hope he can get back out there. Of course, you know, your health is, is of course, the, the key component here. So hopefully things work out well for him as far as that goes. You know, we also lost Buddy Franklin to a finger injury who's going to be out for several rounds. I guess he's having surgery on it. It's very important that, excuse me, it's very unfortunate that this happened, but uh, it is good that it happened after he got goal 1,000. Wouldn't the anticipation just be awful if he had hit goal 999 and then had the injury and we had to wait until whenever he came back? That would have been frustrating as hell to, for that to happen. And of course, as you might have also seen, Nick Natanui had a bit of a knee injury uh, in the matchup with the Magpies. He's going to be back uh, later on this season into the second half. Uh, so some, some big names missing from the game here for the foreseeable future. Now, we're going to go through the games this weekend, and I normally I would have done this as a live episode, but I'm still having some problems with the, the live episode app from my podcast host. I qu have not quite figured out what's going on with it yet. And I may just have to resign myself to using uh, Zoom to do my live episodes and just have people join in that way. But I haven't done that as of yet. But I'll tell you what, you know, I did watch all nine games in the men's comp this weekend as well as the, uh, the women's grand final. I just finished up watching the last game of the weekend uh, last night before I went to bed. But I got to tell you, that was an ugly performance by Port Adelaide on Thursday evening. You know, one goal through three quarters. What word can you use besides anemic? Four goals, four goals, 12 for the game. You know, Port, they moved the ball well. They got the ball around the ground, but they couldn't do anything with it all. And as we're watching the game, you're listening to, you know, you're listening to the broadcasters. And I actually listened to the first quarter in, on the radio on my drive into work. And uh, I think it was BT that was doing the game on the radio, was talking about how their, their forwards were just standing still that they were not moving about to try to anticipate the ball coming to them in some, you know, different locations. Um, but, you know, they didn't do anything with it. I mean, they had 102 disposals for each goal that they had. You know, I, I know that's not exactly the most poignant stat, but, you know, Port did waste some of their opportunities, you know. And I'd argue that, quite frankly, I'm not going to let necessarily let the Ds off the, the uh, easily here either because, to, to me, in many cases, the Ds kind of played down to their competition here. This is a really, really good club, and this is a club that easily could have won this contest by 50 or more points. You know, and it would have been a great opportunity for them to add percentage to the, you know, to their spot on the ladder. But uh, you know, the D, you know, the the D's kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit, if you will. Um, you know, Max Gone was dominant again, but you know, much much of the club had a rather pedestrian game. And uh, now the D's are still the class of the comp, of course. They're the last undefeated team. Yeah, I, st I still think this is a club that could very easily go on and win this thing now since uh, the club that I had tipped to win it is now sitting at one and three. Now, on paper, going into this round, you would have thought that uh, the, the Cats and Lions game would have been the best game of the round, and it pretty much lived up to that hype. You had, you know, Daniel McStay and uh, Joe Danaher each kicking three goals apiece for the Lions. You know, you had Lockie Neal had another terrific game with 11 clearances and 30 dis disposals. You know, each side's kicked. 11 goals during the game, but the Cats had 13 behinds, uh, with only one of them being rushed. You know, and this game swung back and forth through three quarters. This was a, you know, a bit of a, a fight back and forth. But I can't resist it. When push came to shove, okay, I'll give you a second there. Uh, you know, the Cats did kick one more goal in the fourth quarter. You know, Tommy Hawkins finished up with five goals. Uh, you know, 
and uh, Isaac Smith led the side with 29 disposals. He had 10 marks as well. You, know, you had some key players missing. You know, Oscar McInerney was out uh, for the Lions having you know, been suspended for the game. Tom Stewart stepped away right before the game was going to start uh, due to gastro, if I'm not mistaken. So he did not play this weekend. Uh, that's a huge hole to fill up there. Like I said, this was a terrific matchup, but I don't think ultimately it ended up being the best game of the round. I'll talk about that one here in a little bit. Um, but my three Brownlow votes, they're going to be going to the iron worker who did such a phenomenal job of getting the Sharon back out on the ground in a timely fashion. So good on you, sir. Now, during my round four preview, when I talked about this round of games last week, I argued that one of two things was going to happen in the Swans-Ruse matchup. One of them being the continuation of the Ruse performance against the Lions in round three, where they just got destroyed. But I argued that they were going to come back and that they were going to play a competitive game. I think that David Noble's comments after round three, you know, the professionalism of the, of the senior players on that side, the veteran leadership there was going to work out to their benefit. And in fact, they headed into the fourth quarter with the lead against the Swans. You know, Jack Zebel had five goals. You know, the Swans had four players that kicked two goals apiece. Isaac Heaney closed out the game with one as time was expiring. The Swans got the win. But the ruse, they righted their ship. You know, they could, you, know, you could have easily just fallen into a crevasse after having you know, been drubbed by more than 100 points and just said, well, sorry, it's not going to happen for us this year. But uh, they didn't. And uh, I think they put other clubs no on notice that that game against Brisbane was a bit of an aberration. And uh, I think that they're going to be a, a competitive side the rest of the way. Now... I want to take a moment, uh, moving on to the next game, and applaud the West Coast Eagles. This club has absolutely been behind the eight ball since the start of the season, whether it's injuries, suspensions, health and safety protocols, just you name it, it has happened to West Coast. I'm, su I'm surprised there has not been a plague of locusts. I'm surprised that... Uh, all of their Sharons didn't show up deflated on game day. That anything could have possibly happened to them. You know, Eagles supporters might have been the only ones that were giving them uh, the nod in tipping this week. And, and probably even some of them were looking at it going, I don't know. We've got so many guys that are out right now still. Um, but they did bring, you know, they did bring back in a few players. You know, Willie Rioli was back in the side, and, and he and Josh Kennedy both kicked three goals apiece. Brody Majacek, who I've, you know, I have long said I would love to have on my side because you know, he can play anywhere on the ground, took three outstanding marks on the day. And I'm confident that one of those marks is going to end up being in mark of the year competition. Okay, I think we'll see one, at least one of those again before the year is up. And of course, you know, the Dacos brothers had just a little bit of a dull day. They combined for 60 disposals between them. And, you know, if you look at the stat sheet, though, you would have thought that the Magpies would have taken this contest. But uh, you have to just tip your cap to the Eagles for battling through this, this gritty effort of theirs at Marvel to get themselves a win when a lot of people had just written them off as, as a club that just is not going to have a lot of success this year. And they may still not, but they got this done. They did this well, and they got this win. So I, 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 hats off to you, West Coast, because this is a game that I honestly didn't think you had much of a shot at winning, and uh, you should be commended for that. Now, I did tip the Dockers last week against the Giants, and I mainly did it because they were the home side. 
they've been a tough club for me to gauge, you know, since I started the podcast. Because it seems seems like every time I tip the, the the Dockers to win, they lose. Every time I pick them to lose, they win. I put them in the eight, they finish outside the eight. This year, I think I tipped them 13th. They're probably going to finish in the top six, the way they're playing right now. Um, and maybe, you know, we're just starting to figure out that they're becoming who they really are. Okay. Will Brody and Andrew Brayshaw, you know, they paced the club. This is a, an exciting young midfield. They're, they're, they're attacking the game. They're going fast. You know, they're doing this all without Nat Fife. You know, they're playing, like I said, they're playing an attacking style of footy that has worked out really well for them. And, you know, like I said, I didn't pick them as a top four side or even a top eight side, quite frankly. And if I'm not mistaken, I didn't even pick them top 12. I had them dropping all the way to 13th because I thought this is a club that's just going to kind of you know, fall into a bit of a, a doldrum here. But they've been pretty darn good this year. And, you know, I guess you'd have to, you know, be remiss if you uh, you'd be remiss if you did not take a look at the free kick disparity. And I'm sure that if you're a Giants supporter, you're looking at that 42 to 16 disparity and saying, what's wrong with this? Why did we not get a few more free kicks? Now, they obviously did a great job closing out the game. They kicked six goals clear in the, in the uh, fourth quarter while holding the Giants to four behinds. Now, fortunately for the Giants, they're getting their spark plug back this week, if I'm not mistaken. His exile is over. So we shall see what happens with them going forward here. But it could help to spark that club to some success. Now, let's move on to the next one. I'll admit it. I tipped the Bulldogs this game. Uh, they got their first win in round three. And I fully expected them to recover on the ladder and get the win here. But their kicking the last couple of weeks has been woeful. Nine, and, nine, nine goals, 17 in round three. Seven goals, 19 in round four. Now, they did manage to win round three, but the Tigers were just too strong for him this week. You know, Tom Lynch kicked four goals. Deion Presti was outstanding in the midfield. Now, was this Richmond victory more of an indication of the rumors that the demise of the Tigers is uh, over-exaggerated? Or was this more of an indication of just how inaccurate the Bulldogs happened to be around goal? You know, the Bulldogs midfield was fantastic, as it always is. But it just didn't translate into a win for them because they couldn't put the ball between the big sticks. Now, Bolton, he's becoming one of those players that when the ball's in his hand, you stop what you're doing and you watch because you never know what in the heck he's going to do with the ball. And he's continuing this ascension to becoming, you know, quite an absolute magician with the ball in his hands. Now, I have to ask, are the Bulldogs going to be able to climb out of this one and three hole? Was this an actual accurate representation of the Tigers? Are they going to be fighting their way back into the eight? And of course, we're going to have to wait to see what happens because I don't have the answer to that. But we'll talk about round five here in a couple of days when I give you my tips for that. But it's just, if you're a uh, Bulldog supporter, you've got to be a little disappointed with the results. And if you're a Tiger supporter, you've got to, got to be a little bit buoyed by this and think, okay, that's pretty darn good. I'm glad that that happened. Now, go ahead and raise your hand if you had the Essendon-Adelaide clash in your book as what was going to be the most exciting game of the round. Okay, that person way in the back to put your hand up you're lying I know you didn't have it up there because nobody was thinking that this was going to be the case okay we got Essendon who's coming in winless we got Adelaide who's one and two and been hammered one time that they played Taylor Walker was welcomed back to the to the to the game by by his side by his clubmates but it surely sounded as though the supporters in the stands of of Essendon let him know what their thoughts were about him being back now, I know that, that booing is, is, uh, is a touchy subject with, with uh, fans in Australia because there have been instance, instances of booing that is taking place 
uh, in situations that were not maybe warranted, that the booing took place for maybe the wrong reason. Um, but, you know, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're upset with what Tex Walker had said, I think that you certainly can boo that gentleman for, for his actions, for his statements, okay? Um, you know, this game was, like I said, in many ways, it was like a heavyweight boxing match. It was just, you know, the two fighters standing in the middle of the ring just throwing punches and counter punches at one another for 15 rounds. And then one fighter was going was gonna to stand, you know, and win the, uh, the split decision at the end of the fight. You know, it was, uh, it was the final game of the round that I watched. I just finished watching this one yesterday, as a matter of fact. And there was so much to be impressed with from both, both sides. You know, Josh Rochelle, he's a star already. I'm sorry, he's played, what, five games? I saw somebody saying, let's give him a lifetime contract already. If you're a Crow supporter, you might say, maybe that's not such a bad idea. Rory Laird, Ben Keyes, you know, are both tremendously talented midfielders. You know, the Crows, they lost two of their games by a total of five points. You know, is this a better side than we were thinking they were? You know, regardless of what your thoughts are on Tex Walker, having him back in the side, does it make them a better club? Probably. It probably does. But, uh, you know, you know, you can't take anything away from the Bombers, though, either. You know, this, this is a club that played a terrific game. You know, Peter Wright, three goals, two. You know, Darcy Parrish, Andy McGraw was was terrific in midfield. I mean, this you know this is a club that you know they lost Zach Merritt, but the other midfielders are learning how to step up. And when when Merritt comes back from this foot injury, I think it's going to make the Essendon midfield even stronger. So, yeah, Essendon got the win in this one, and they earned the win in this one. But I'll tell you what, both clubs get a hat tip from me because they played one hell of a game. It was entertaining as all get out. Now, I'm actually recording this during my conference period uh, at school here, so that's what the little noise was there. So let's get into the last two games of the weekend, and uh, it had the two of the, the old school clubs heading into the weekend with a combined 5-1 and one record with Hawthorne and Carlton. They came out of the weekend with a five and three record combined. First off, the Hawks they got absolutely run over by the Saints. While one could argue that the Saints were run into by the Hawks, you know, we now know that you know Patty Ryder's suspension was upheld. He's going to be out for two games. You know, I have to ask a serious question: What in the hell was he supposed to do? He stopped. He stood still. Okay, he stopped and he stood still. You know, I, 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 another follow-up question on this, because it's happened to me. It happened to me last year, right around this time last year. Um, if a drunk driver hits a parked car, my car was the one that was parked. I had rented a van, I'd, I'm sorry, at least a van, and I had had it for three days. And... Three days after I'd had it, I had 30 miles on it. Middle of the night, some drunk plowed into it, drove off, did $6,000 worth of damage to the van. And uh, my insurance had to pick up the cost of covering that. So I, and it was like Easter Sunday morning. So I, I honestly, I hoped that that person got to spend that day dropping jelly beans and candy all over the, the floor when he tried to eat it because his teeth were still stuck in his steering wheel because the son of a bitch never stopped okay but what i'm asking here is does the owner of the parked car 
get a citation from law enforcement because this, the driver who was driving recklessly ran into it. Now, I know that's a dumb question, but that's basically what happened here, okay? That's basically what happened in this situation. You know, I don't know what Ryder could do there. I asked somebody online, I said, are we supposed to have Scotty from Star Trek beam him to another part of the field as somebody's coming up on him instantaneously? Yeah, I, I don't know. He stood there. I, I, I completely disagree with this, this ruling by the... Uh, the tribunal. I think they got it flat out wrong. Okay. Yeah. People raved about Shea Bolton's goal from the left pocket, but I think Jade Gresham's, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, he deserves the same type of recognition. You know, the Saints actually, they had four players, Bradley Hill, Gresham, Tim Membry, Max King. They each kicked four goals in this game. And if you stop and think about it, even if the other players on the club didn't kick a single goal, the Saints were going to still win by 29 points. That's how big of a blowout this was. You know, the Saints are playing extraordinarily well. And, of course, they're going to be without Patty Ryder for the next couple of rounds, and Brett Ratton's going to miss this week due to health and safety protocols. Now, I think I had the, the Saints finishing ninth or 10th this year, kind of on the cusp of finals, but not quite there. Um, but they may, be, they may be having something to say about that. You know, Luke Bruce and Mitchell Lewis kicked three apiece for, uh, for the Hawks, but you know, that onslaught from the Saints was just too much. And, and this, is a, this is a fast, fast club that plays the game aggressively, not unlike what Fremantle is doing right now. So I, I just, I'm, I'm impressed with the way that they're playing. And if I'm not mistaken, we've got the Suns and the Saints coming up this weekend. And, and again, those of you who didn't raise your hands before, how many of you thought that was going to be the, maybe the game of the round in round five this year? Saints-Suns. Uh-huh. That same person that had their hand up in the back before, they've got it up again. This time I might believe them. Now, of course, the last game of the weekend then was the, uh, the upstart Blues heading up to Metricon to face off against the Suns. Now, the Suns, they dropped their game against GWS last week in what was darn near Nepi Stadium. And it didn't look like the same club who had won at Optus a couple of weeks earlier. Of course, during the course of the game, the, the Blues lost their captain, you know, Patty Ryder, not Patty Ryder, Patty Cripps, to a hamstring injury. Um, looks like he might be out for a little bit of time. Uh, Harry Mackay had a relatively quiet two goals, three except for his nose injury and his NBA-worthy flop that he took during the course of the game. You know, Lockie Weller, Noah Anderson, Tuke Miller combined for 99 disposals uh, during the game, which you got three guys doing that. during. And notice I didn't even mention the name of Matty Rowell there. Didn't even mention Rowell's name. This is an up-and-coming midfield right here for Gold Coast. If they keep this group together three, four years from now, this could be a fantastic club. And I hope that they're able to stay together. Yeah, that's the kind of performance there that, that makes the opposing coach think, okay, we're going to tag somebody, but who? Who are we going to take out of the game? Now, we saw it happen the week before when they took, basically took Tuke Miller out of the game with only 17 disposals. You know, Mobby Archol had a fantastic game, but he was unfortunately the target of, of uh, racist comments on social media. And, and it's just, it just sucks that that sort of thing is still happening, that, that people do those kinds of things. Just... This young man had a phenomenal game. You just be, you know, whoever this was, just be decent to people. Okay, it's not that difficult to do. Okay, if, if you don't like their performance, you can say, hey, I don't like your performance in, in the game. But you don't have to resort to racist statements and things like that to, to get your point across. It's just, it's just, it's sad, it's demeaning, and it's, it's, it's disgusting, quite frankly. And I, I have to tell you, I did learn a new name this weekend, though. 
and that was that name was uh, Malcolm Rosas. Yeah, until this weekend, that was a name that I had not picked up on yet on the Suns list, but boy, did he make an entrance. He was fun to watch. And Jared Witts, well, I'll tell you what, uh, the, uh, the Blues were without their, uh, their main ruck in Pitnet, if I'm not mistaken. So Witts had a phenomenal game in ruck with 42 hitouts. And uh, it just I'm excited about the way this, this season is playing out right now. Okay, um, this round was a heck of a lot of fun. It's a good indicator for what the next 19 rounds are going to look like. And, you know, sure, we'll have some blowouts here and there, but we've got some really good clubs that are playing really good footy and they're being competitive. You know, clubs that we think are not going to be competitive or not be there at the pointy end of the ladder at the end of the season are still going to make other clubs' lives miserable. So that's a good thing. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't offer my wholehearted congratulations to the Adelaide Crows of the AFLW, winning their third premiership in the young history of the comp. A great performance against a terrific Melbourne side. And uh, we're already starting to see some shifting of players uh, between different clubs. I'm actually sitting down to do an interview a little bit later on this afternoon with um, a gentleman who has a very unique perspective on the women's game uh, in the AFLW and the VFLW, and I can't wait to talk to him. And I think you'll enjoy that conversation as well. So that's my look back at round four. I will be uh, looking at round five here coming up in the next day or two. Folks, I did want to invite you to check out uh, my website, yankonthefooty.com. Uh, there you can sign up for the uh, mailing list. You can leave a review for the podcast, which would be a huge help. If you want to support the podcast that way, if you if you want to support it otherwise, you can check out the Buy Me a Coffee page. The bottom left-hand corner, there's a little button down there if you want to help out the show. Or if you're looking for any kind of podcast gear, you can go to my Redbubble page as well. And folks, remember, if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, head over to my website and fill out the guest intake form. Uh, I've got a few people that I need to reach out to who have, have filled those out. I'm hoping to set up at least another interview this weekend as well. Uh, and again, if you want to get on the mailing list, head over there. Um, you want to head over to Twitter and find me there at yank underscore on Instagram at a yank on the footy. And if you look for my name on Facebook, uh, Craig Wessels, I'm back on in a, in a new um, account. I'm still hoping to get my old one back. I've been reaching out to many different people. But if you are in one of the club discussion groups on Facebook, please send me an invite because I was in pretty much at least one or two for every club. And when a new episode would come out, I would share it there. But now I'm not in them anymore. And if you're, you know, if you want to send me an invite to get back into yours, that'd be greatly appreciated. So folks, I do hope you'll share the episode with your friends and family. If you like the show, I do hope you'll, uh, you know, leave a review. You can do that over on my website as well. They really do help the show. And uh, you can leave a voicemail at my website as well. And folks, treat each other well. Take care of each other. Be decent to each other. And until next time, as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 157 of Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on, tw on Twitter or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. And I hope you'll head to my website at yankonthefooty.com and get on my mailing list so the episodes can come out to you as soon as they're released. And you can find me on Instagram at a yank on the footy. 
And you can find me on Facebook if you look for my name, Craig Wessels, and I'm hoping to get back onto my actual website, uh, my Facebook page for the podcast. I don't have access to it right now. And until next time, everybody, this is Craig Wessels. Goodbye. <laughs>